How we doing? You may take a seat. I'm excited to be here in a series called, anybody know? More Than Enough. More Than Enough. And I know we're praying about a building. And uh, honestly, it's beautiful to see when two ministries are trying to outbless each other. Um, not a joke, dead serious. Um, and seeing two ministries that, if we're being honest, need money to operate. And yet, they're both in the business of reaching people. They're both in the business of delivering people. And uh, when we can outbless each other, it just it's just incredible. And I and the the, the crazy thing is uh, the principle is then God outblesses us. We th- we think we're like trying to outbless each other, and then God just pours out His blessings more than you could ever imagine. Try it, I dare you. So I'm excited to be here. If you don't know, my name's Jordan Durso. I get to pastor in Queens, New York at a church called Saints Church. And um, yeah, grew up in Bayside, Queens and uh, moved to uh, Peru as a missionary when I was 20 years old and lived there for 11 years. So I'm an Italian gringo that speaks Spanish. Um, And I moved back in 2010. Uh, back to Queens, and then I moved to Long Island, uh, and that's where my sermon starts. So let me pray. God, I thank you uh, for today. I thank you for this house. I thank you for Pastor Roe and Pastor Lee. I thank you for Pastor Joe. Uh, I thank you for this house, God. I thank you for this house, and I just pray that you use me to bless this house and all the things that you have for them that you would pour out, God. Everything that's in your will for them, that it would come to pass. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Amen. So in 2017, I, uh, I was super blessed. I was super blessed. I came back from the mission field in 2010, and uh, I've got three daughters, uh, 22, 19, and 17. Uh, I always say this. I want to light myself on fire. Uh, my uh, oldest is in grad school. My middle daughter's up in uh, the University of Albany, which I actually was this morning. I got to preach at a church this morning in Albany, and uh, so I got to visit my daughter, and she was in church with me, and it was good to see her. And then my youngest daughter uh, just graduated, or, or is about to graduate high school, but just got into like Penn State and Ohio State, and she's looking at all these super expensive schools that there's no way I can afford. Um, God's got to help me. Pastor Joe? You got something for me? And um, so 2017, um, I had some friends, uh, actually two friends from California, uh, visiting New York, and they came over to my house. They said, this is a nice house. I live in Bayside, Queens. And they said, do you own or do you buy? I mean, do you own or do you rent? And I said, uh, I rent, unfortunately. And they said, why do you rent? And I said, well, I don't have money for a down payment, and uh, I don't see myself ever, at least not in the near future, saving enough money uh, with all the bills. I mean, you all know what bills look like. And, and these two guys actually said, hey, uh, we're going to split it, but we're going to give you the money for a down payment for a house. Then someone else heard about this and said, uh, we want to pay for your closing costs, which is like 20 grand. Then somebody else, a couple, um, they heard that I, that I moved into the house and I showed them pictures and told them, I was just telling them what I wanted to do. I wanted to 
rip out the walls and put a new kitchen in and this and that. And, of course, I'm thinking future, right, because I'm just like, I don't got the money. And uh, he happened to used to be a contractor who's retired. He says, I'm not working. I'll do it for free. And he came to my house, him and his wife, six days. He still has a key to my house, six days a week, uh, Monday through Saturday. And he fixed my entire kitchen but then he didn't stop with the kitchen he goes these pipes are no good we got to fix these oh they're leading to your bathroom ripped up my bathroom did a new bathroom did my downstairs did tiles did wood floors I mean it just kept going and going and going and it just is incredible uh, that God did all of this uh, for me all through miracles never asking for a dollar I say all this I love my house I love my house I couldn't express that more I love my house. I clean my house because I love my house. I decorate my house because I love my house. I, I invest in my house because I love my house. I take care of my house. I, I think about my house. I'm passionate about my house. I am devoted to my house. When I go out, guess where I want to go? Home. I always want to be home. I'm not kidding. I want to go home all the time. I just want to be home. I love my bed, I love my couch, I love my kitchen, I love my fridge, I love my kids, my life is there, my kids' lives are there, I love my house, it's where I bring everything uh, back to, it's my paycheck comes back home, my resources come back home, it's where I lay my head, it's where I'm fed, it's where I rest, it's where I refresh, it's where I gain peace. You don't need to trick me to come home. I don't need a flyer. I don't need a special event. I don't need anything. I don't need like a special service to come home. I want to be home. I love to be home. And I'm not kidding. God is my witness. Uh, my buddy Adonis is here with me. Uh, he knows all that stuff, right? But this peace hits me and I'm like, man, I'm home. It feels so good to be home. Why? Because it's my home. It's my home. I'm protective of my home. I'm like little Kevin McAllister, right? It's my home. I have to defend it. It's not a, a house, it's not the house, it's my house, it's mine, it's my home, it's personal. My home is where my heart is. And the same way, I'm not over exaggerating, the same way I love my house, I love God's house. I love God's house. All day I've been in God's house. I got to preach in Albany, like I said, twice this morning. I get to be here now at, at one of my favorite churches, Kuhau. Uh, right after this, I get to, this is crazy. I don't know who set up my schedule, but uh, I go to Newark Airport and uh, fly to South Africa. I've got a 15-hour flight tonight. Yeah, fun. Then another hour flight to Johannesburg and then a five-hour drive to Eswatini to build God's house. Because I love God's house. Yes, I'd like to be home. But I am home when I'm in God's house. And I love to be in God's house. I love to invest in it. I love to decorate. I love to clean. I love to, I love to do all the things. I love to be in God's house. offer. I knew there was going to be an offering coming. I didn't know what it was called. And it's called Heart to Give. And the message I'm bringing is called Heart for the House. And so the question is, do we have a heart for this house? Do we have a divine passion for this house? I pray that we all do uh, by the end of this. But, but if not, let's be honest, that's okay. But by the end of this, I pray that we all do. Because I want all of us all in. Because it's going to take everything we got to do what God's called us to do at Kuhau. 
So I want to challenge us, especially all of us that call this church your home. I want to ask you, are we all in? Are we locked in? Are we committed? Are we motivated? Are we de uh, dedicated? Are we devoted? Is our house our heart for this house? Exodus chapter 36, verses 1 through 7. It says, so Bezalel, Aholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of construction, uh, constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. So God had given Moses very special instructions on how to build the house of God, materials, measurements, all of it. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, listen to this, and who was willing to come and do the work. There's twofold right there. Those that God had given the ability to do the work and those who were willing. So that tells me there were some people that were skilled but weren't willing. I believe there's talents out here. Whether it's to run a camera, run sound, uh, run a mic, sing a song, uh, giving talents, all that kind of stuff. And there are people that have the ability but sit there and go, I'm not willing. We need both. We need both. We need both. What are we bringing back to God's house? Uh, they received, uh, let's continue, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing this sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So, so they brought their offerings uh, to build the house, but it wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't like I met my requirement, I did what was, what was asked of me. It wasn't the lowest expectation. It was morning after morning, day after day, they willingly came back to God's house to bring free will offerings over and above. Free will, not expected, not even asked to on their own. It was expensive. It cost those people. A free will uh, uh, offering is a true indicator of the condition of the giver's hearts one gives back out of love respect and gratitude because of what the Lord has done for them Exodus 35 29 the children of Israel brought a free will offering to the Lord all the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work which the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded to be done it's a heart thing the result is so all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses the people are bringing more the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman, this is crazy. No man or, could you imagine making this, Pastor Roe? Pastor Joe, could you imagine saying, I can't imagine saying this. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. They had to order them. They had to restrain them. We've got too much. I can't imagine that. Uh, Peter had just preached his big Pentecost Holy Spirit night message where 3,000 people get saved and baptized. And the result, Acts 2.37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Corazon, again, a heart thing, and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What a question. Action should always be followed by the word. 42 through 47 says they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, every, every single one of you 
was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. They want to be in Acts 247 church. I want people coming to the Lord every single day. I want God adding to our numbers every day. Acts 4, 32 through 35 says all the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them from time to time. Those who owned land or houses sold and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need. This is not normal. This takes faith. This takes big, bold faith. But the church became their home. Brothers and sisters really became their brothers and sisters. They were willing to do whatever they had to do for their brothers and sisters. They all had the same heart, same heart for the house. They were all in, not some of them, but all of them were all in. And they were devoted to building of the house. And here at Kuhau, I know we are building his church. We are building the house. We're building a house. It's not just about the wood. If, if you were to build a house on your own, right, it's not just about the framework. It's about the lives that are going to live there, the memories that are about to be created, the, the space where people get rest and refresh and relax and they eat and they grow. Like anybody who owns a home, I don't know if you did this, if you have got little kids, when the kids were growing, they, were, they, they did the pencil on the door and they were measuring them as they grow. As we're growing believers and growing disciples, are we measuring as they grow, but they still should be in the house. People in the house, and we're measuring, we're saying, man, man, you matured this year. You're doing better this year. Look at you, now you're, now you're singing, now you're, you're doing this or you're doing that, now you're, you're preaching or whatever it is. Man, we're discipling people. Building the church is all about people, lives, Family, restoration, being delivered, being freed, being reconciled. Those in the house maturing and growing. And anyone that has a place to live knows that it takes work. It takes giving. So we work, we give, and so we build. If we don't work or give, guess what? We don't build. We stay where we are. And I'm happy that you're all here, but I'm not happy that the rest of Staten Island isn't here. If they're in a church, great. But if they're not in a church, I'm not happy that they're not here. So we keep reaching people. We keep growing believers. Which requires us to keep working and to keep giving, to keep supporting our church. It takes a lot of work, time, and generosity. Imagine what we would accomplish if we were all in. This, if that's you, imagine, imagine giving it all. Could you imagine what we'd accomplish Imagine giving it all in your marriage. Let's get personal. Imagine giving it all in your friendships. Imagine giving it all uh, with your kids. Imagine giving it all cleaning your house. Imagine giving it all with your health and, and in your diet, at your job, in your careers, with your hobbies, dating. Nope, we're not giving it all. We're holding some stuff back. Singles. We're not giving it all. We're not giving it all. 
our spiritual lives. Imagine giving it all. In ministry, in church, imagine giving it all. And when we're not, when we're holding back, when we're not giving it all, like when we're being cheap, we know what, when we're being cheap. When you write a tip at the, at the restaurant, you know you run out of there quick because you know you left a cheap tip. You know it. We know it. You give what you want, but you know when you're being cheap. And God knows when you're being cheap. It's not a dollar amount. I'm not talking about a dollar amount. This is, between, this is a you and God thing. God knows, but you also know. We're not fooling anyone. I think of Easter's coming up. God gave it all on the cross. Like this should be all the inspiration to say, God, you gave it all. Jesus, you gave it all. This should motivate me to say, man, I want to give it all. Why did he give it all? Because he's devoted to us. He's committed to us. He loves us. He's still committed to us. He still gives us all. Man, in turn, I want to give it all. And I want all of him, and he wants all of us. It only makes sense. Imagine, imagine, worship team, imagine up here singing a song, God, I want some of you. Imagine how silly that sounds. God, I only want a little bit of you. No, God, I want all of you. And in turn, God wants all of us. He doesn't want partial commitments. He don't want halfway surrenders. He wants all of us completely, wholeheartedly, unconditional surrender. You remember the hokey pokey? You put your right arm in, you put the right, right. You put the left arm, you put the... The best part was what? When you put your whole self in and you shake it all about. Why? Because that's what it's all a. I just used the hokey pokey in a sermon. Love God with all you got. That's it. That's the number one commandment. He wants everything we got. He wants full devotion. And a heart for the house starts with the devotion. The disciples were devoted to each other. They did everything together. They were devoted. They made it a priority. They, the, the, this is the blueprint to building the house. The foundation is united devotion. And the byproduct, the church is built. People's lives are changed forever. 2 Samuel chapter 7, David sees the Ark of the Covenant, the place that represented the presence of God. God was living in a tent, and he saw the palace he was living in. And, and out of thanksgiving, out of a thankful heart, out of a cheerful heart, David wants to build the house of the Lord, the temple of God. But God said, because you wanted to build me a house, I'm actually going to build you a house. And he makes David several promises. See, if you take care of God's family, he will take care of your family. God is not a taker. God is a giver. Luke 6 says, whatever we give to God, he will give back to us a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When we give faithfully to him in our tithes and offerings, he promises to open up the windows of heaven upon our lives and pour out so much blessing that we won't even have room to contain it. Try it. Try it. Hey, if it doesn't work, don't give. That's the second time I said don't give, and Pastor Rowe coughed at me. He was like, don't say that. <laughs> it works. God is not a man that he should lie. If God were to lie for a moment, he would cease to be God. He would, he would have no basis of righteousness. And so I know it works, and so I can make that challenge. 
you trust God, you really trust God, do a 90-day challenge. You really, you know how we do 90-day like exercise stuff and you, and you got to see results? If you really give yourself to that whatever program, you're going to see the, the results. I promise you, give yourself to giving and trusting God. You do it. And if it doesn't, stop. But if you do it for real, I promise God will respond. There's something very extraordinary about giving generously to God, and I am perfectly aware that the subject of giving uh, has been blatantly abused by some pastors who have taken undue advantage of God's children. I get it. But this does not negate the evidence of Scripture that God looks down with great favor on generous givers. In fact, Scripture makes it clear that when we give generously to God, he will give generously back to us because God loves generous givers. Generous giving comes out of a generous heart, a thankful heart, and that's what touches the heart of God. David recognized that God had been extremely gracious to him, that God had elevated him from an unnoticed shepherd to living in a palace. And out of gratitude, he felt the need to, to build a house for the ark of God, which was being housed in a tent. The decision was born out of pure thanksgiving to God. God was deeply touched. So what comes out of this generous desire? Several blessings. First, God promised to make David like the names of the greatest men on all the earth. The fulfillment is seen where we constantly talk about David and Goliath. In fact, this morning in, in Albany, I actually preached a message, and part of it was the David and Goliath story. Uh, we're constantly telling that story. It's one of the first stories that we teach our kids. There's cities named after him. There's, there's uh, hospitals named after him. There's, there's museums named after him. And after all these thousands of years after his death, there are people still being named after him. Anybody here named David? Nobody here? David? Imagine like three people like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Second. God promised to subdue all his enemies before him. What a blessing. Peace on earth. Third, the Lord promised to build the house of David. This was more, more than a physical dwelling place. This was referred to the legacy and the posterity uh, of David. The truth is, uh, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers will be, uh, uh, be building in vain. I, I want to build God's house. I want to I build his house. So my focus will be build his house first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he will add all the other things to you. That's why, that's why I love seeing the, the out-blessing. It's not about, oh, man, I, I, I got to hold back every dollar because we need a building. Let's build his house first. And what's crazy is, and this is just, Pastor, Pastor Joe, how many people are impacted by your ministry? 2,500 a year. How many people in this room? How many people in this room? Huh? 70, 80 people in this room. How is it that 70, 80 people in this room get to, get to impact 2,500 people a year? That moment, all those people getting helped and delivered, that moment doesn't happen without the giving moments that happen here. And the other churches that give and, and support. It takes all of us getting together because we're all in this together and we're building house, God, God's house together. And then, boom, lives are transformed. It's not just about us in the room. It goes so much farther than that. 
So when I think about, you know, we're, we're trying to build, we're trying to buy a building and build a house, like, like it's not just about, it's not so that you get more comfortable. These seats are plenty comfortable. It's about possibly a better schedule or, 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 or better facilities or, or whatever that entails. Why? So that we could reach more people, that we could reach more people with the gospel and help more people. It's not about us. Fourth, God promised that his love will never depart from David's house. Don't we want generational blessings? I want God's love to follow my children. When we invest in the building of God's house, God will surprise us with incredible favor. God will watch over his word uh, to perform it in our lives and our kids' lives and our kids' kids' lives and our kids' 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 lives and our kids' 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 lives. Man, I want that. So I want to give, I want to give my all reaching people, growing disciples. And it's not cheap. 2 Samuel 24, 24. David said, I won't sacrifice anything that doesn't cost me. It's going to cost us time, talent, treasures. Where we're going as a church, it's going to cost us. Buying a new building, it's going to cost us. Building, it's going to cost us. Reaching Staten Island, it's going to cost us. Reaching New York City, it's going to cost us. Growing believers, it's going to cost us. Revival, it's going to cost us. Bringing the presence down, it's going to cost us. So I'm all in. I'm fully devoted. My whole being with my whole heart. I want to give hell a heart attack. I want my heart, my whole heart, attacking the gates of hell. You're not going to have these souls. You're not going to have these people that are addicted. You're not going to have these people that, that are depressed or anxious or, or, or subdued by any other spirits. No, 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 no. I'm all in. I'm all in. I got my boys with me. And the more people that are with us, the more confidence you get. You know it. When you get in a fight, if you're alone, there's not much confidence. But you got everybody with you? Oh, man. My confidence is through the roof. I'll take on anybody. Because I know Pastor Ro knows jujitsu and he's about to get him. And I'm going to talk big. I'm going to talk big, but then I'm going to step back and be like, Pastor Ro, get him. <laughs> Acts 13, 22. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified concerning him. I love this. This is an axe. God testified. Could you imagine God testifying concerning you? God testified concerning David. I have found, this is axe, guys. This is a lot of years later. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. Another version says, he will do all of my will. Guys, I want this said about us. I want all of us to be men and women after God's own heart, to have a heart for what God has a heart for, doing everything God wants us to do, giving everything God wants us to give, helping everybody God wants us to help, working as much as God wants us to work, building everything and everywhere God wants us to build. All of us doing all of his will. I want all of him and he wants all of us. So I say, Kuhau, let's build his church. I don't know if someone wants to play something. I'm going to ask you to all stand, though. Big challenge. Big challenge. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand. 
This is a you and God moment. This is your heart responding. I know God's speaking. I know God challenged me with this word for myself. And I challenge you, take the word back home, chew on it, see what God's telling you. In these moments, I'm like, I don't even, I, I don't even want you to do anything. Because you're not giving to Pastor Rowe. This has nothing to do with him. You, you ask God, you say, God, how am I supposed to be a part of this? But I challenge you, are you half in or are you all in? Are you wholehearted? You're half-hearted. Are you semi-surrendered or fully surrendered? Is this your house or do you stay once in a while? Is this your friend's house where you don't really have anything to do there? You just kind of go and grab the Fruit Loops. and Or is this your house? Do you claim it? And take responsibility and say, hey, these bills are my bills. This house is my house. Your vision's my vision. Where are we going with this? I got your back, Pastor. Let's go. I got your back, Pastor. I'm all in. I'm all in.